Lord, we just wait for you. Wait for you to come. Lord, I'm asking that you fill this place, fill this room. Ignite your words. Fill my mouth with what you have to say, Lord. I want your words to be heard. Lord, cause my heart to have rest in what you're doing. Help me be responsive. Unstop our ears and open our eyes. Amen. So, um, this message is kind of born out of, well, it's really just a distillation of things that are coming up in the prayer room, but also what he's been talking to me, what he's been showing me at night watches. Um, It's really about gazing upon his beauty this morning, so I'm going to have lots of verses about that. I wanted to reference the Lighthop core value, um, the one that is to commit to looking at the face of God through the power of the Holy Spirit and then to be transformed into his image which is 2 Corinthians. And I actually have that passage to read next. But first, um, when I asked the Lord what he wanted to talk about, uh, he shared with me the things that he's been sharing at the night watches in that um, the night watches, when he first gave me I do idea to do, do the night watches, I just saw myself as just giving him that time, imagined it um, alone because I didn't really have any other, you know, image uh, in my mind, just myself pouring out that uh, it's not alone, but uh, my pouring out part is, the the just waiting part is. So the part that he gave me to do um, is very much happening. The, the scenario, the details of how it looks is very different than that. He originally told me the very first night that it would be like a blank canvas, and I brought a blank canvas. Um, he, I didn't know how it would look or how it would be structured. I, the only thing I knew was that I wanted to set aside the time at the very beginning, maybe a half hour, to just leave it really blank. And it is a painful kind of restly kind of blank because there is no music and there are people and there are, you know, I wrestle with my own expectations. I'm sure everyone wrestles with the silence and how long a half hour can really feel when there's nothing in it but waiting. Uh, and then it just fell into a pattern of putting on some music, and that lasts a length of time, and then it lines up with a little bit of intercession at IHOP that gives us a little boost there in the middle, and then it gives us a couple hours of IHOP, and, and it just takes us out. And it doesn't have to stay that way, but that's just the way it fell into. That blank canvas ended up with color the very first night, and then it ended up the following week with words. And then this last time, oddly enough, I didn't feel to bring out the canvas to add anything. And it was the most quiet <laughs> night watch of all of them. It was the most 
weighty, you know, just waiting or resting or soaking of all the night watches. So there you go. If you haven't been at the night watches, you got a little taste just now of what they have been like. The first night in that half hour weighty period, uh, I got really strong image of his feet, just his feet. And I kept hearing in my head, um, now I can't remember, but I just, I had it written down, uh, the feet, oh my goodness. Well, I'll get to it. So I'll get to the specifics of it in my notes, but I just got a real sense of his feet. How beautiful are the feet? There you go. And I just keep getting that phrase, how beautiful are the feet? How beautiful are the feet? And then the second week, I got such a strong picture, almost a tactile um, image of holding onto the hem of his garment. Just, I could feel the fibers in my hands, the linen, the the white linen, and then in amongst it, so close, I could see there were these super fine threads of uh, blue and scarlet and purple in the, the rope. You couldn't see them from any distance away, but up close you could see these super fine um, threads, and you could feel almost as embroidery that is almost couldn't see, but you could feel the images of pomegranates on the hem of his robe. And of course, it took me to, that evening it took me to talking about the priest's robes and what they're made of and how they were beautifully made and what they represented. And then this last Friday, uh, I was like, I, I knew in advance, Lord, you're just showing me bits of you. Uh, just these pieces, really significant pieces. And I thought, is it going to be your breastplate? Is it going to be your hair? Is it going to be your eyes? Is it going to be your face? What is it going to be this time? And that night I heard really clearly um, uh, eyes of flame of fire. And I thought, oh, the eyes of flame of fire. I just kind of sat on that. And I didn't have any verse verses particular that I explored that night. I just let him bring me to different things. So when I asked him what we we're going to, what he wanted me to share on today, he said, tell them about my feet. Tell them about my robe. Tell them about my eyes. And he just kept repeating it. Tell them about my feet. Tell them about my robe. Tell them about my eyes. So I'm going to go to that 2 Corinthians 3 section that our core value is based off of. And then we'll start telling you about his feet and his robe and his eyes. 2 Corinthians 3, 7, I'm going to do this 7 to 18. Um, but if the ministry of death written and engraved on stones was glorious so that the children of Israel could not look steadily at the face of Moses because of the glory of his countenance, which glory was passing away, how will the ministry of the Spirit not be more glorious? For if the ministry of condemnation had glory, the ministry of righteousness exceeds much more in glory. For even, which, for even what was made glorious had no glory in respect because of the glory that excels. 
For if what is passing away was glorious, what remains is much more glorious. Therefore, since we have such hope, we use great boldness of speech, unlike Moses, who put a veil over his face so that the children of Israel could not look steadily at the end of what was passing away. But their minds were blinded, for until this day the same veil remains unlifted in the reading of the Old Testament, because the veil is taken away in Christ. But even to this day, when Moses is read, a veil lies on their heart. Nevertheless, when one turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. But we all, with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. Um, so, during prayer this week, during Tuesday morning prayer, um, what came out during that prayer was this, maybe, I think it was a song, it was about never getting tired of seeing your face, the way that you lay down your own will so that the love of the Father could flow through you into all the earth. And it was just a refrain, never getting tired of seeing your face, the way you lay down your own will so that the love of the Father could flow through you into all the earth. He is so beautiful and shining and righteous, radiant. We've been talking this morning. I have so many notes just around the borders. I'll show you. This is how I take notes. I have my notes. This is what I do with Tom's notes, too. I have my notes, and then I underline things, and I have arrows, and I have little bits that somebody prayed, and a little song that came forth, and sometimes I attribute it, and sometimes I don't remember to. But we were, I know you guys were all here, but if you can hear it, we were praying about opening up the gates of our hearts wide, lifting up our heads, oh, you gates, and the king of glory will come in. We were talking about the deep conviction that you're in me and you're strong and mighty to know you more of the fullness of who you are, that I want to see you rightly, Jesus, that we are safe in your arms, patience and faith when we look at your heart. Let your kingdom come and your will be done into my heart at the sound of your voice in my mouth, that coming through your voice, coming through my mouth. That's just the front page. That's just the ones that made it on the front page. There's a few others along the way. Are you safe? Yes, you're in his arms. What does it look like to be in his arms in our life, in our daily life? So let's read. All of Psalm 27. <laughs> we'll just sit and marinate in the scripture a little bit. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked came against me to eat up my flesh, my enemies and foes, they stumbled and fell. 
Though an army may encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war may rise against me, in this I will be confident. One thing I have desired of the Lord, and that I will seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. For in the time of trouble, he shall hide me in his pavilion. In the secret place of his tabernacle, he shall hide me. He shall set me high upon a rock. And now my head shall be lifted up above my enemies all around me. Therefore, I will offer sacrifices of joy in his tabernacle. I will sing, yes, I will sing praises to the Lord. Hear, O Lord, when I cry with my voice. Have mercy also upon me and answer me. When you said, seek my face, my heart said to you, your face, Lord, I will seek. Do not hide your face from me. Do not turn your servant away in anger. You have been my help. Do not leave me for, nor forsake me, O God of my salvation. When my father and my mother forsake me, then the Lord will take care of me. Teach me your way, O Lord, and lead me in the smooth path because of my enemies. Do not deliver me to the will of my adversaries, for false witnesses have risen against me, and such as breathe out violence. I would have lost heart unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and he shall strengthen your heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. Now, uh, Jan sang during Tuesday evening set. I'm gonna, I attributed that one. Um, show me your glory. I long to look on the face of the one that I love. Stay in your presence right where I belong. What would I change? What would it change if I saw it? What changes when we see your face? When we look at the face of the one that we love? Ezekiel. One twenty six. I'm going to take a drink of water. Three twenty eight. And above the firmament, over their heads was the likeness of a throne, in appearance like a sapphire stone. On the likeness of the throne was a likeness with the appearance of a man high above it. And also, from the appearance of his waist and upwards, I saw, as it were, the color of amber and the appearance of fire all around it. And from the appearance of his waist and downward, I saw it were the appearance of fire with brightness all around. Like the appearance of a rainbow in a cloud on a rainy day, so was the appearance of the brightness all around. This was the appearance of the likeness of the glory of the Lord. And we sang, would you shine? I want to live in your light today. Revelation 1.12, I turned around to see the voice that was speaking to me. I love it. I turned around to see the voice that was speaking to me. And when I turned, I saw seven golden lampstands. And among the lampstands was someone like a son of man, dressed in a robe, reaching down to his feet, with a golden sash around his chest. And the hair of his head was white like wool, as white as snow, and his eyes were like blazing fire. And his feet were like bronze glowing in a furnace. And his voice was like the sound of rushing waters. And in his right hand he held seven stars. Coming out of his mouth was a sharp double-edged sword. And his face was like the sun shining in all its brilliance. 
When I saw him, I fell at his feet as though dead, and then he placed his right hand on me and said, Don't be afraid. I'm the first and the last. I'm the living one. I was dead, and now look, I am alive forever and ever, and I hold the keys of death and Hades. So though he showed me his feet first, my notes wanted to be eyes first. <laughs> or he wanted my notes to be reverse order. So we're starting with his eyes like flame of fire, which I saw this Friday. This is in Revelation 19, 11. Now I saw heaven open and behold a white horse and he who sat on it and he who sat on him was called faithful and true and in righteousness he judges and makes war. His eyes were like a flame of fire and his head and on his head were many crowns and he had a name written that no one knew except himself. He was clothed with a robe dipped in blood and his name is called the word of God. And the armies in heaven, clothed in fine linen, white and clean, followed him on white horses. Now out of his mouth goes a sharp sword, that with it he should strike the nations. And he himself will rule them with a rod of iron. He himself treads the winepress of the fierceness and wrath of Almighty God. And he has on his robe and on his thigh a name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. So there's definitely the beauty of the Lord you can, even when he told me eyes of flame of fire, I couldn't help but feel the passion and the beauty. But you cannot talk about his eyes full of flame of fire without seeing that righteousness is connected, that that judgment is connected, that it's burning and fierce. It can feel fearful, but with that intensity of passion, it's right. It's right. It feels, it feels right. Revelation 2, 18. This is uh, under the heading of the corrupt church in my Bible. I'll just say it that way. To the angel of the church in Thyatira, these things says the Son of God who has eyes like flame of fire and his feet like fine brass. I know your works, love, service, faith, and your patience. And as for your works, the last are more than the first. Nevertheless, I have a few things against you. I like to point out that during prayer, um, we, patience and faith came out. Patience and faith, and look to your heart. Look with your heart. Look with your heart. And here it says that as for your works, the last are more than the first. And the ones in this list mentioned last are faith and patience. I can't help but feel that looking to with your heart, that hearing the warning for us as well, because it goes on to say, I have a few things against you, because you allow that woman Jezebel, who calls herself a prophetess, to teach and seduce my servants to commit sexual immorality and eat things sacrificed to idols. And I gave her time to repent of her sexual immorality, and she did not repent. Indeed, I will cast her into a sickbed, and those who commit adultery with her into great tribulation, unless they repent of their deeds. This is a time for us to get free of our idols. He has grace for it, but we have to be willing. I will kill her children with death, and all the churches shall know that I am he who searches the minds and hearts. And I will give to each one of you according to your works. 
Now to you I say, and to the rest of Thyatira, as many as do not have this doctrine, who have not known the depths of Satan, as they say, I will put on you no other burden, but hold fast what you have till I come. And he who overcomes and keeps my works until the end, to him I will give power over the nations. He shall rule them with a rod of iron, and they shall be dashed to pieces like the potter's vessels, as I, have, as I also have received from my father, and I will give him the morning star. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Lord, let me hear your warning. Let me not miss an opportunity to get clean before you. Let me see those eyes of fire both as passion but as judgment. That, that your righteousness, I want your righteousness, Lord, do its work. If you have given me great grace, if you have given us great grace to get free of idols, show me where each one is. Don't let any be hidden. You see it. Lord, don't let me close my eyes to it. So let's talk about the edge of his robe. I already described to you the image that I got on Wednesday during the Israel set. If David prayed out of Isaiah 6, uh, starting Isaiah 6, 1. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne high and lifted up with the train of his robe and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above it stood seraphim. Each one had six wings. With two he covered his face, two he covered his feet, and with two he flew. And one cried to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the posts of the door were shaken by the voice of him who cried out, and the house was filled with smoke. And so I said, woe is me, for I am in undone because I am a man of unclean lips and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips for my eyes have seen the king the lord of hosts change happens when I see the lord when you see the lord it happens when I see and feel my separation when I am aware of his righteousness I can't help but feel the distance. His glory shines and it highlights my need for change, which we talk often about that being that Sermon of the Mount, recognizing your need for him. You see his beauty and it causes a response. One way or the other, it either causes a response of, I have to get clean. I have to get closer. I'm mourning it. Or... It slides away sideways, and that becomes heart hardening. When I, I can't help but go to the hem of his garment without seeing the woman with the flow of blood. So Mark 5, 25. Now a certain woman had a flow of blood for 12 years and had suffered many things from many physicians. And she had spent all that she had and was no better, but rather grew worse. And when she heard about Jesus, she came behind him in the crowd 
and touched his garment. For she said, if only I may touch its clothes, I shall be made well. Immediately the fountain of her blood was dried up. And she felt in her body that she was healed of the affliction. And Jesus, immediately knowing in himself that power had gone out of him, turned around in the crowd and said, Who touched my clothes? But his disciples said to him, You see the multitude thronging you, and you say, Who touched me? And he looking around to see her who had done this thing. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell down before him and told him, the whole truth. And he said to her daughter, your faith has made you well. I think I need a new one. There we go. Your faith has made you well go in peace and be healed of your affliction. This woman had an encounter. Her encounter caused fear and trembling when she realized her encounter. It caused her to tell the truth. That was her response was to tell the truth and she was changed because of that encounter. Now, let's look at the Mount of Transfiguration, Matthew 17. Now, after six days, Jesus took Peter, James, and John, his brother, led them up on a high mountain by themselves, and he was transfigured before them. His face shone like the sun. His clothes became as white as the light. Behold, Moses and Elijah appeared to them, talking with him. And then Peter answered and said to Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here. If you wish, let us make here three tabernacles, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. Peter has an encounter. He sees and has the chance to be changed by that moment. His first reaction is to slide it away to I know what to do, to come up with his, in his own good idea, to speak when he probably should be listening. And in fact, the next thing, I think, bears that out. While he was still speaking, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them, and suddenly a voice came out of the cloud saying, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Hear him, Peter. <laughs> Stop talking. <laughs> Don't figure this out. Just wait in it. Let it transform you. Rest in this moment and what God is doing and wait. Hear him. And when the disciples heard, they fell on their faces and were greatly afraid. Okay, second chance. Now you can change. <laughs> they were greatly afraid. But Jesus came and touched them and said, Arise and do not be afraid. And when they lifted up their eyes, they said, No one but Jesus only. This encounter Peter talks about in 2 Peter 1, 16. For we do not follow cunningly devised fables when we made known to you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but were eyewitnesses of his majesty. 
For he received from God the Father honor and glory when such a voice came to him from the excellent glory. This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. And we heard this voice which came from heaven when we were, the, when we were with him on the holy mountain. And so we have the prophetic word confirmed, which you do well to heed as light that shines as a dark, in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star arises in your hearts. Knowing this first, that no prophecy of scripture is of any private interpretation, for prophecy never came by the will of man, but holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. So, John twenty twenty four talks about Thomas, and when he hears that they've seen the Lord, he has an opportunity to enter in to what they saw. They are witnessing, they are witness to him of what they encountered. This is an invitation for him to encounter the Lord, to follow in and allow that witness that they've had to change him. His response says, so he said to them, unless I see his hands and the print of the nails and put my fingers into the print of the nails and put my hands into his side, I will not believe. His response to someone's witness, I have seen him, he is risen, is to say, I won't believe it. But after eight days, his disciples were again inside and Thomas with them and Jesus came the doors being shut and stood in the midst and said, peace be to you. And then he said to Thomas, reach your fingers here and look at my hands and reach your hand here. Put it in my side. Do not be unbelieving, but be believing. And Thomas answered and said to him, my Lord, my God. Jesus said to him, Thomas, because you have seen me, you've believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. I don't know about you, but sometimes I, I imagine the disciples, they got to walk with Jesus. They got to see him. They got to touch him. They got to hear his voice. It's kind of limited in my imagination when I have the Holy Spirit and I get to walk with him in me. And I get to have him write on the imagination of my mind and show me wonders that these guys couldn't even see walking with him and touching him and hearing his voice. I am missing it if I desire to be like them because I have more. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet believed. Isaiah 61, 10. I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My soul shall be joyful in my God, for he has clothed me with the garments of salvation. He has covered me with the robes of righteousness, as a bridegroom decks himself with ornaments, and as a bride adorns herself with jewels. For as the earth buds forth its bud, brings forth its bud, as the garden causes the things that are sown in it to spring forth, so the Lord God will cause righteousness and praise to spring forth before all the nations, that beholding and becoming. The promise is... He will clothe me in garments of salvation. He will cover me in robes of righteousness. I see him in his glorious white robes. I let it change me. And then this is the promise. It becomes 
what I reflect, I'm a witness of it. I'm a witness of him, and then I become like him. Revelation 4. After these things, I looked, and behold, a door standing open in heaven. And the first voice which I heard was like a trumpet speaking with me, saying, Come up here, and I will show you things which must taste which must I will show you things which must take place after this. Immediately I was in the spirit and behold a throne set in heaven and one on the throne and he who sat there was like Jasper and Sardius stone in appearance and there was a rainbow around the throne in appearance like an emerald and around the throne were 24 thrones and on the thrones I saw 24 elders sitting clothed in white robes and they had crowns of gold on their head and from the thrones Proceeded lightnings, thunderings, and voices. Seven lamps of fire were burning before the throne, which are the seven spirits of God. And before the throne, there was a sea of glass like crystal. And in the midst of the throne and around the throne were four living creatures full of eyes in front and in back. And the first living creature was like a lion. And the second living creature like a calf. And the third living creature had a face like a man. And the fourth living creature was like a flying eagle. And the four living creatures, each having six wings, were full of eyes around and within, and they do not rest day or night, saying, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. And whenever the living creatures give glory and honor and thanks to him who sits on the throne, who lives for and ever and ever, the 24 elders fall down before him who sit on the throne and worship him who lives forever and ever and cast their crowns before the throne, saying, You are worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power, for you created all things, and by you, by your will, they exist and were created. How beautiful are your feet, Lord. This is from Isaiah 52, 7. How beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of him who bring good, brings good news, who proclaims peace, brings glad tidings and good things, who proclaims salvation, who says to Zion, your God reigns. Your watchmen shall lift up their voices, and with their voices they shall sing together, for they shall see eye to eye when the Lord brings back Zion. Break forth into joy, sing together, you waste places of Jerusalem, for the Lord has comforted his people. He has redeemed Jerusalem. The Lord has made bare his holy arm in the eyes of all the nations, and all the ends of the earth shall see the salvation of our God. In this passage, it's not really talking about Jesus, but his followers. He, Jesus is the Prince of Peace, and looking at him, you become looking like him. And then those beautiful feet that bring good news are telling, they're a witness of Jesus. Zechariah 14.4. Then the Lord will go forth and fight against those nations, and as he fights in the day of battle, and in that day his feet will stand on the Mount of Olives, which faces Jerusalem on the east, and the Mount of Olives shall be split in two from east to west, making a very large valley, and half the mountain shall move toward the north, and half of it toward the south. That's the Lord's feet. His feet are a foundation. It's his character. It's like I mentioned earlier what came forth in the prayer room. His character coming through, the will of the Father, love of the Father, 
coming through him of his laying down character. The servant. First Corinthians three, nine. For we are God's fellow workers. We are God's field. You are God's building. According to the grace of God, which was given to me as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation and another builds on it. But let each one take heed how he builds on it. For no other foundation can lay anyone lay than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now, if anyone builds on this foundation with gold, silver, precious stone, wood, hay, straw, each one's work will become clear for the day will declare it because it will be revealed by fire and the fire will test each one's work of what sort it is. And if anyone's work, which he has built on it endures, he will receive a reward. If anyone's work is burned, he will suffer loss, but he himself will be saved. It has yet so as through fire. Do you not know that you are the temple of God and that the spirit of God dwells in you? If anyone defiles the temple of God, God will destroy him for the temple of God is holy. Which temple are you? Which temple you are? Not a question. Sorry. Um, June or June. I don't know where that came from. Luke 7. Oh my. Luke seven thirty six. Then one of the Pharisees asked him to eat with him, and he went to the Pharisee's house and sat down to eat. And behold, a woman in the city who was a sinner, when she knew that Jesus sat at the table in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster flask of fragrant oil and stood at his feet behind him weeping. And she began to wash his feet with her tears and wipe them with the hair of her head. And she kissed his feet and anointed them with the fragrant oils. Now when the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he spoke to himself saying, This man, if he were a prophet, would know who you are and what manner of woman this is who is touching him, for she is the sinner. And Jesus answered and said to him, Simon, I have something to say to you. So he said, Teacher, say it. There was a certain creditor who had two debtors. One owed 500 denarii and the other 50. And when they had nothing with which to repay, he freely forgave them both. Tell me, therefore, which of them will love him more? Simon answered and said, I suppose the one he forgave more. And he said to him, you have rightly judged. And then he turned to the woman and said to Simon, do you see this woman? I entered your house and you gave me no water for my feet. But she has washed my feet with her tears and wiped them with the hair of her head. You gave me no kiss, but this woman has not ceased to kiss my feet since the time I came in. You did not anoint my head with oil, but this woman has anointed my feet with fragrant oil. Therefore, I say to you, her sins, which are many, are forgiven, for she loved much. But to whom little is forgiven, the same loves little. Then he said to her, your sins are forgiven. And those who sat at the table with him began to say to themselves, who is this who even forgives sins? Then he said to the woman, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. Lord, I want to let your encounter move me. I'm asking for greater love. Lord, I want to sit at your faith, behold your beauty, and be changed. This is from Luke 10. Now it happened, 38, Luke 10, 38. Now it happened as they went that he entered a certain village and a certain woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, who also sat 
at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was distracted with much serving. She approached him and said, Lord, do you not care? My sister has left me to serve alone. Therefore, tell her to help me. Jesus answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and troubled about many things, but one thing is needed. And Mary has chosen that good part, which will not be taken away from her. This reminds me of during our worship time, how we prayed for Barb's shoulder and it's going back to him, that come back to the Lord. Mary is sitting at Jesus's feet. Martha is invited to leave off the things that have stretched us, overreached us and to come back. Matthew 28, one. I'm almost done to whoever is doing response. Just so you know. Response, people. <laughs> Matthew 28, 1 through 10. Now, after the Sabbath, Sabbath, on the first day of the week. Oh, let's start over. Now, after the Sabbath. I'm just going to do it again. As the first day of the week began to dawn, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary came to see the tomb. And behold, there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat on it. And his countenance was like lightning, and his clothes as white as snow. And the guards shook for fear of him, became like dead men. But the angel answered and said to the woman, Do not be afraid, for I know what you see, that you seek Jesus who was crucified. He is not here, for he has risen, as he said. Come see the place where the Lord lay, and go quickly and tell his disciples that he has risen from the dead. And indeed, he is going before you into Galilee, and there you will see him. Behold, I have told you. So they went out quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy and ran to bring his disciples' word. And as they went to tell his disciples, behold, Jesus met them, saying, Rejoice! So they came and held him by the feet and worshipped him. And then Jesus said to him, do not be afraid. Go and tell my brethren to go to Galilee, and there they will see me. All right. I'm going to take this. I was going to read a section. I just can't resist the whole thing. So turn to Isaiah 62. We'll just do it together. It's just like I did all of the other bit. I just want to end with this. For Zion's sake, I will not hold my peace. And for Jerusalem's sake, I will not rest until her righteousness goes forth as brightness and her salvation as a lamp that burns. The Gentiles shall, she, the Gentiles shall see your righteousness and all kings your glory. You shall be called by a new name, which the mouth of the Lord will name. You shall also be a crown of glory in the hand of the Lord, and a royal diadem in the hand of your God. You shall no longer be termed forsaken, nor shall your land any more be termed desolate, but you shall be called Hepzibah, and your land Beulah, for the Lord delights in you, and your land shall be married. For as a young man marries a virgin, so shall your song sons marry you, and as the bridegroom rejoices over the bride, so shall your God rejoice over you. I have set watchmen on your walls, O Jerusalem, and they shall never hold their peace day or night. 
You who make mention of the Lord, do not keep silent. Give him no rest till he establishes, till he makes Jerusalem a praise in the earth. The Lord has sworn by his right hand, by the arm of his strength, surely I will no longer give you grain as food for your enemies, and the, and the sons of the foreigners shall not drink your new wine for which you have labored. But those who have gathered it shall eat it and praise the Lord. Those who brought it together shall drink it in my holy courts. Go through, go through the gates. Prepare the way for the people. Build up, build up the highway. Take out the stones. Lift up a banner for the peoples. Indeed, the Lord has proclaimed to the ends of the world, say to the daughter of Zion, surely your salvation is coming. Behold, his reward is with him and his work before him, and they shall call him the holy people. The, they shall call them the holy people, the redeemed of the Lord, and you shall be called, sought out, a city not forsaken. Lord, we just thank you for a glimpse of your feet, how beautiful they are. We just thank you for the touch of the hem of your garment, for your robe that fills the temple. We just thank you for hearing your eyes flame of fire. We just thank you that we can take another look at you. We can take another listen to your voice. We can take another touch of you. We can experience you. We have the Holy Spirit. We're just asking, Holy Spirit, come ignite our imagination. Come ignite our minds. Remind us of who you are and what you've done. Lord, and when, you, when we see you, when we hear you, when we touch you, when we respond to you, we want to respond fully to you. We don't want to hold back. We want you to come fully. We want to just let you move us let you change us. We don't want to slide away from that change, Lord. Lord, yes, we see it. We, we mourn the separation. We see your beauty and your righteousness, the fiercity, the brightness. And we see ourselves and we mourn because we are not glowing. We are not bright and shining. But we will be, Lord. We're asking to be made, to be clothed, let your beauty have its way in us. Let it change us yet again today. It was by one glance of your eye, by it was you loving me first that caused me to love you. Lord, I'm asking for yet another, another glimpse that we could say, holy, 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 yet another glimpse. We could throw down our crowns Yet another glimpse, Lord. Amen.